time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. God's beloved people, grace to you in peace from God, our Creator, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we enter the season of light. Epiphany is a time that we focus on the divine light that shines in Christ. We read stories about light and sing songs about light. I think the season arrives at just the right time for those of us who live in the Puget Sound. It's a pretty safe bet that in the next weeks we will be experiencing our, more than our share of dark, rainy, and as we experienced last night, stormy weather. It's funny, in the month of December, the short days can feel cozy to me, but when we turn the corner into January, all of a sudden cozy morphs into a certain kind of dreariness. So I'm thankful for the light that will shine in worship these next Sundays. I'll take it any way I can get it. The gospel for today is about light in the midst of darkness. Matthew's account of Jesus' birth includes this unique story of visitors who traveled from the east to honor a newborn king. Matthew calls these visitors magi, which is often translated in English Bibles, wise men. We don't know how many there were. The story doesn't tell us. We don't really know who they were. Zoroastrian astrologers or Babylonian sages. They appear to have been wealthy or to have had access to wealth. They were not Jewish. And yet, according to the story, they were led by a holy light and a holy calling. I'm not convinced these wise ones knew the meaning of their journey. But like the shepherds in Luke's gospel, these strangers were the first outside Jesus' family to gather around him, to honor him, 
to offer gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were thought to be royal gifts, which may be why we think of the visitors as kings. Frankincense and myrrh also have healing properties and were used to help women heal after childbirth. I'm not saying that's why the men brought them, but it's kind of a nice thought. This picture of the sages honoring the young Jesus and his family is enlightening. It reveals something about the scope and the nature of God's salvation, that it includes Jew and Gentile, rich and poor, humble and exalted. It's a beautiful moment of revelation. It didn't last very long. Somehow Herod got word that these visitors were looking for the king of the Jews, and although he wasn't actually a king, it was his title, and he guarded it zealously. We are told that he was afraid when he heard of their inquiry, and as a result, all of Jerusalem was afraid. We know how this works. When powerful, violent people operate from a place of fear, things get dangerous pretty quickly. When the wise men didn't return, Herod went on a rampage and ordered the killing of all boys in Bethlehem aged two and under. One of the brightest, most hope-filled stories of Scripture, the birth of Christ, is set right alongside one of the darkest, saddest stories, the slaughter of innocents. Good and evil, light and darkness, hope and fear, they travel together, don't they? I'm always struck by that line in O Little Town of Bethlehem, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The Epiphany Gospel takes place at the intersection of hope and fear, which is where human life takes place. On Christmas Eve, we all lit our candles and sang, all is calm, all is bright. And it was, during that beautiful moment, gathered together around the birth of Christ. Yet over these days of Christmas, we've been reminded that violence is hardly a thing of the past. It plagues the human family, whether in our homes or our schools or our streets. And tyranny is very much alive. The Herods of the world rage on, resulting in more refugees than our world has ever known. It never ends. And it doesn't really seem like a fair fight. The baby Jesus versus King Herod, the odds are pretty long. Which is why it's important that we pause and take in what is at the heart of this Advent Christmas epiphany story. This is not just a sentimental story about the birth of a special baby. This is about the tenacious, irrepressible, steadfast salvation of God breaking into the world with its own brand of power. God's salvation is not rooted in fear. It flows from divine love and mercy and generosity. In Christ, God's salvation took on flesh so that we can see what it looks like. It looks like healing like gathering those who are on the margins and bringing them into the embrace of God. Salvation looks like peacemaking and forgiveness and reconciliation. God's salvation looks like community, 
Jesus was not a solo agent. He called together a community to bear witness to God's salvation in word and in action. Salvation looks like a beloved community walking in the light and the wisdom of Christ. It is in ordinary, everyday relationships that the power of God's salvation is manifest. This isn't always obvious. In a world like ours, it's challenging to recognize power that doesn't involve muscle or coercion or a clear victory that leaves one side chanting, we're number one. We recognize that kind of power. But the power of God's salvation comes through the slow, steady, persistent, never-ending trickle of God's grace. And it takes on flesh in our relationships with both friends and strangers. It comes in the patience you extend to your children even when you are out of patience. It comes in the exhausting work of caring for a loved one who can no longer care for him or herself. God's salvation takes on flesh when we look to the margins and see who needs to be invited into the conversation and we set a table for that person. It takes on flesh when we speak truth, even when we are afraid, and when we remember to stop speaking and take time to listen. God's salvation takes on flesh when we are open to forgiveness, even if we are not fully ready to offer or receive it. It takes on flesh when we do the slow and often unrewarding work of justice-seeking, when we use our power and make our choices with the common good in mind. God's salvation takes on flesh when we follow in the footsteps of our Savior, when we walk in the light of Christ. Divine salvation may not seem like a match for the powers and principalities of this world, But remember, it only takes one single ray of light to break the darkness. It only took one star in the night sky to lead the wise ones to Christ. They did most of their traveling in the dark, and yet they were guided to Jesus, and there was a place for them. There is a place for us as well. Jesus was not born so that we could all enjoy a festive winter holiday. He was born to gather all of us, Zoroastrian astrologers and Jewish shepherds and you and me, to gather all of us into the unfailing light of God's salvation. This is the gift of Epiphany. This is the gift that is ours in Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. If you have prayer cards, the ushers will gather them from you now as we sing together.